Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free always follow the, follow the money that's what i always say you always follow yeah the money. yeah this is follow the money with mitch moss and Polly howard on vsin It was a busy Tuesday. The NFL coaching carousel officially over. Derek Carr released from the Raiders. We'll get into that. It was a great day on the ice and on the court. Well, unless you were Stormy Tony and Sean King. Uh, <laughs> college hoops bets did not go our way yesterday. But we are sitting in for Mitch and Polly as they continue a well-deserved vacation live from Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. Yeah, uh, college hoops was not my friend yesterday. Well, Pucks Redomus is still on fire. Yeah, oh, I did yes, about Pittsburgh I did do hockey regulation. Too. Uh, never in doubt. I think I'm just only going to bet hockey. <laughs> like, like that's my that's Stick my to what we right, know, Sean. right. That's my kindred spirit. That's my soul bear. Like, I'm just going to stay with hockey. Puck Shredamus officially, like, it's a, a, a all-in-love situation moving forward. Yeah, the Bruins came through for me yesterday. It did take overtime, but I didn't bet in regulation, so we were good with the short price on the on the Boston Bruins. We do have a full great guest list today on the docket starting in about 30 minutes. Josh Applebaum, VEASAN's own sports betting analyst, is going to join us then at 8. Jeff Seeley, golf handicapper, will get into all things Genesis. Mr. Tiger Woods making his return Ooh. yes sir um yaron weitzman fox sports nba writer at nine eastern and matt lombardo heavy.com senior nfl reporter we'll talk all things nfl storylines which is where we're going to start as well here sean because raiders quarterback Derek carr has officially thrown his last pass for the silver and black i know you thought maybe there was a shot that the raiders would hold on to him but they didn't want that guaranteed 40.4 mil going his yeah, way yeah as i was instructed on twitter by some of the loyal followers <laughs> of follow the money 
Uh, Derek Carr getting released yesterday was never in doubt. And uh, now he's a free agent. Uh, I would presume or I would advise if I was uh, a friend or mentor or part of Derek Carr's information bubble, go to the NFC. Get out of the AFC because that's a murderous row of quarterbacks, all the elite guys. If, if you ask me the top 10 quarterbacks are right now, Jalen Hurts is probably the only one in the NFC. Because I have Aaron Rodgers like right there on the bottom, like, you know, at 9, 10. Maybe he comes out of the dark room, he moves up to 7. But, I mean, he's not top 5. So, I think there's an opportunity in the NFC if you can get the right team to have an easier path to a potential Super Bowl appearance. Well, there are certainly a lot of options when it comes to the NFC South, which also is going to be an easier division as well, if that is the spot that he goes. Where we're seeing right now, ESPN's Adam Schefter reporting, Carr's expected to draw the most interest from the Saints and the Panthers. We know he already met with the Saints twice, um, elected not to go there via trade, which I think is obviously the smartest possible thing for him to do because, okay, you're trying to arrange something where not only is the team I'm going to going to lose draft capital, but I'm giving the Raiders something. No, thank you. So certainly did the smart move there. Do you think that between those two teams, uh, let's just start with the Saints and Panthers. There's a better fit one way or the other. So I have my bat email. Like it's a real high private secured email. Like even, even, you know, the high-end, like, government, like, agencies in America cannot hack this email. And I got an email last night, mm. and it said, breaking news, Stormy. Okay. I heard Derek Carr is destined for the great state of Georgia. I'm hearing that he's number one on the Atlanta Falcons wish list and that he is going to the NFC South, but not to the New Orleans Saints or the Carolina Panthers, but to the Atlanta Falcons. Which would make sense. They basically had Marcus Mariota on a one-year rental. Uh, his former offensive coordinator in Tennessee, Arthur Smith, is now the head coach there. Uh, for whatever reason, that fell apart. He did not start the last few games of the season. I think Desmond Ritter, they now see as more of a long-term developmental prospect mm -hmm. than he is like ready to be a starter right now. It makes sense. They're yeah. going to get uh, – well, no, Calvin Ridley's going to Jacksonville, which is another reason why I like Jacksonville next year in a future mm -hmm. situation. But – uh. They have some young pieces. Uh, Kyle Pitts missed some games with an injury, but, you know, he's still available. Yeah. Kyle um, Pitts, Drake London. Drake London from yeah. USC. Both missed some games. Tyler Algieri, uh, the running back from BYU, rookie, you know, stepped up, had some good games. So it would keep him indoors. It put him in the NFC and in a winnable division. It make a lot of sense. And it finally give the Falcons the opportunity to get the ball downfield. That was right. something that when Desmond Ritter stepped in, I was actually excited about with Atlanta. Hey, maybe they'll have the opportunity to finally do something. And nope, not at all. Just keep it with the short passing game, run the football. They did not do anything like I had hoped that they would. So maybe that is the way. There are certainly plenty of quarterback needy teams out there. I kind of like Carolina more and more as Frank Reich continues to fill out his coaching staff as well. Like, it seems like, I mean, we talk about talent on the offensive side. Yes, you have DJ Moore, Chuba Hubbard, and Deontay Foreman um, just drafted Iki Aquanu recently. Defensively, they've got some young talent, of course, led by Brian Burns. But the way that Frank Reich's coaching staff is coming through, you got um, their new defensive court. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, their new defensive coordinator, Jero Ivaro, who stepped in. You got Deuce Staley, Dom Capers, uh, Jim Caldwell now. It's coming together, it seems. To me, Jim Caldwell was the big hire. You know, he was my uh, quarterback coach in Tampa. He was my OC in Indy. Great coach. Tremendous. Will do amazing things from a culture-building standpoint, 
from a developing the locker room standpoint. Still a little nervous about this because Frank couldn't get quarterback fixed in Indianapolis. That's why he's not the Colts head coach. They hired a guy in Josh McCown who's never coached, like, at the college level, no less the NFL level, to coach the quarterback. So that's still the one question mark I have there. So maybe getting a veteran that probably doesn't need as much day-to-day tutelage as you know, much as he's just going to learn a new system, and Derek Carr makes sense. You know, I would not be surprised if he ends up in Carolina, but again, my insider information says that Atlanta Falcons is the most likely destination. Okay, so Falcons the most likely destination, according to your your emails my that bat, you're getting. My bat phone. He's had the most meetings with the New Orleans Saints, and then Carolina. So I, the big thing with the the New York Jets. And so many people, when that team first started getting floated around, started saying, well, can he even handle the media there? That's another reason I like Charlotte, because it is a smaller market. The media there might be a little bit more friendly with him. I think the Jets are going to go all in as much as possible for Aaron Rodgers, and then they'll evaluate things after that. Whereas Derek Carr has the opportunity right now um, to get picked up by somebody. So the sweepstakes begins right now for him, whereas for other quarterbacks, it doesn't start until the new league year starts. It'd be interesting for me because if I was a quarterback on a free agent market, like the Jets would be a major, major like question mark for me just because of how bad Denver was on defense. I mean, on offense. And the guy that orchestrated the Denver offense, Nathaniel Hackett, is now the offensive coordinator for the Jets. Like, that's super important, Stormy. But are you not of the belief, like I am at least, that some people are just meant to be coordinators and not head coaches? Like, maybe he just thrives and he's better in that role. If he called the plays in Green Bay and it wasn't Coach LaFleur, I would feel a little better. But, I mean... If it's Aaron I'd be Rogers. nervous. I'd be nervous because in a league where you have brilliant game day minds like Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, uh, Nick Sirianni, I'd hate to get stuck with somebody that doesn't have that capacity, especially in a market like New York. Because as you just spoke about, that media, they're very in tune with what's actually going on with the Jets. In Charlotte, you can get away with you know a couple of things. That media is not as intense. But not so much in New York. And you're probably going to be dealing with a head coach and Coach Salah who is more than likely coaching for his job. Is that Mm -hmm. fair this year? That the Jets have to be like right there at the playoffs, maybe even make the playoffs for him to like be secure? I think that what was a positive for Robert Salah this year was that the defense played as well as they did because he's a defensive guy. Their issues were at the quarterback position and it felt like largely they were a quarterback away from taking that next step that they need to take. I think that helps him a lot. You do need to figure out the offensive side of the ball. Nathaniel Hackett was an interesting hire to say the least. And if that does not work out, then yes, I do think that he's going to be in a little bit of jeopardy here. As far as far as Derek Carr's next team odds go, the latest numbers that I have kind of seen around are the Panthers and saints as the favorites at plus plus one forty, plus one fifty, respectively. The, uh, Jets three to one, Bucks nine to one, and then the Falcons all the way down there twenty to one odds. So Might if you think that the Falcons are alive, interesting. Now on the other side of this, so if Derek Carr is moving on, that obviously leaves a vacancy now on the Vegas Raiders side of things. What do you think is going to make sense there? Is this another opportunity for somebody to try to wine and dine Aaron Rodgers, reconnect him with Devontae Adams? Do you get a Jimmy Garoppolo and kind of have a a one-year type quarterback to mend the gap for whoever that young guy is that you bring in? What do you think? 
Well, whenever Aaron, you know, turns the lights back on, because I, I still think he's sitting in darkness right now. Um, he, he just apparently started the darkness today. I thought okay. that it was earlier, but he went on McAfee yesterday and was talking all this trash about people in my circle don't talk. If you don't know me, you don't know the truth. Like this oh, whole thing. Yeah, maybe he whole needs thing. the darkness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because I think everyone that has a question mark at quarterback is going to kick the can to see what Aaron Rodgers would take. Like, to be a serious contender, to get him out of Green Bay into your organization, like, what are the parameters? Like, what's the, what are the baselines, you know, on, on that kind of acquisition? And I think everybody's going to look into it. Raiders being definitely one of them. You know, speaking of the guy that the Raiders just released, I still don't know exactly where Derek Carr fits in the hierarchy of quarterbacks. Wasn't top 10 in passing yards. Wasn't top 10 in touchdowns. Most people would say, well, he got sent home. But he's a year removed from 4,800 yards and midseason being an MVP and candidate. I, I still so. saw I still saw him last mm. drive of the Bengals game <laughs> with terrible clock management. But my point was going to be, yet he still is top five interceptions last year, ranking fourth on 14. So what are you getting for what the price point is going to be? We'll see. But he's going to land somewhere, and hopefully the change of scenery helps. Absolutely. And we'll continue the Derek Carr conversation throughout the course of the show today. But sports fans, remember, football season coming to an end. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, the place to be for hoops and hockey. They've got you covered with every line, odd, and boost. New promotions, Tuesday, hockey first goal insurance, hockey, same game, parlay, bet and get weekly pro basketball, bet and get and more. BetRivers.com, or you can download the Bet Rivers app. Rolling along here, we got win some, lose some. Coming up next. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. -O. 
There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Here on Follow the Money, I hope you started your day like I did with the VEASAN new podcast, VEASAN Daily Morning Bets. Josh Applebaum gives you every piece of info you need to be ready for betting the day's biggest games in just 15 minutes. He discusses line movement, injuries, what you need to be looking for before you make your bets. Make the VEASAN Daily Morning Bets podcast part of your morning routine. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We are so fortunate to be joined live now by Josh Applebaum, VEASAN sports betting analyst, host of Yes Morning Bets, as we just mentioned, but also the Market Insights podcast, author of the Everything Guide to Sports Betting. What's going on, Josh? Stormy, Sean, it's great to be with you. And uh, upon your recommendation, check my Uber app. I got a 4.98, so Stormy ah, and Sean, I'm going to go find out so who ke- is keeping me from a perfect five here. So let's go back and figure this thing out. Well, that's what I'm happens so when a uh, Uber driver picks up someone and they uh, educate them on closing line value. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it just confirmed what everyone already knows about Josh, that he's the nicest person on the planet. So, of he course, he has the highest rating of all of us. Uh, we got to talk a little college hoops with you, especially because Sean and I uh, did not do so great in college basketball yesterday. We need to turn things around. So let's get started here with the newly anointed number one team in the country the Alabama Crimson Tide getting three at number 10 Tennessee later on today Vinny Maiulo always tells us over at the South Point that polls do not determine prices what are you looking at here no I think that's really important Stormy and again you know if you're worried or sad that football's over you know don't be too sad college basketball is really where to go right now I think in the market especially with March Madness right around the corner here but I'm looking at Tennessee on the money line guys minus 150 couple things going on in this game number one to Vinny's point anytime you see a number one ranked team a hashtag you know one or two or a top rated team public automatically will put so much value into that that it becomes overvalued so if you look at Alabama 22 and 3 number one in the country uh, Tennessee 19 and 6 number 10 but Tennessee Tennessee struggle a little bit. This is also a bit of a buy low sell high play where Tennessee has lost three of four. They lost outright to Mizzou 86 85. They were a 12 and a half point favorite and they lost that game outright. So uh, public is saying, hey, this is layup play. We're getting Alabama number one team in the country getting plus three tonight. You know, you know, put, put your whole bankroll on it. That's kind of the public mindset. This is an easy, obvious layup play. But let's look at what the market's doing. I think, again, aside from a buy low sell high and kind of a bet against an overvalued team. Really just, you know, even take away from the uh, all the rankings here, what's the market doing? It's moving toward Tennessee, guys. This game opened as low as Volunteers minus two, minus two and a half. Now they're up to minus three. We're getting almost 70% of bets on Alabama as one of the most popular public plays of the night. Yet the line's going to the Volunteers. So if uh, Alabama is such a popular spot here, then why are the odds makers moving the line further to Tennessee to give out even a better number and more points to the public who likes Alabama to begin with? So this would be that classic reverse line move that I love to see, guys, when you're an unpopular bet, yet the line is going in your favor. Uh, also, if you look at a couple system plays here, two top teams going head-to-head. Just take the favorite. Very simple matchup here or system play. It's nine and three ATS this year. It's 18 and six ATS over the last two years, 75% win rate. 
Also, in college basketball, guys, there's such a huge home road split where, you know, if you're a professional, you know, you, you know what to do. You're an adult. You, you go on the road. You, you've been in hostile environments. It doesn't really phase you as much. In college, we see a huge split home road where the home team has a huge advantage with your 18, 19-year-old kid going into these, you know, raucous, crazy environments here. Big edge to the home team, in particular in the SEC. Home favorites in the SEC in conference play, they're 43-13 and 13 straight up, 77%. Our buddy Ken Palm, uh, love looking at his projections and comparing it to the betting market. He has Tennessee winning this game by two. Uh, however, uh, you are banking on the defense of Tennessee. They're only giving up 56 points a game versus nearly 70 for Alabama. They're 11 and two at home this year. So guys, if you give me a really popular dog, again, I like the gross dogs. When you become popular, you become trendy. Those are the dogs that I like to bet against. Everyone's betting Alabama. If the line's moving to Tennessee, I'm going money line here. See if the Vols can get it done at home, minus 150. You know, this is the toughest thing in college basketball for me, Josh, is you almost can't go by, like, the eye test. You have to just look at the line and follow the line because these two teams have, you know, common opponents in their last four games. Tennessee lost at Florida by 13. Alabama beat Florida by 20 or 28 or something crazy. Tennessee lost to Vandy by one. Alabama beat Vandy by almost 50. So, I mean, it's like when you look at the common points, it's like there's no way that Tennessee is winning this game. But then the line is telling you that Tennessee's aside. No, I think it's a great point, Sean, because I think that's uh, something that, you know, makes total sense. Like if we both play the same team, I lose to that team. You you beat that team, Sean. Again, you're going to go with the team that played better against the common opponent. But it's just so kind of, uh, you know, kind of volatile and just kind of unpredictable in college basketball that to me, if you just kind of go based off, uh, you know, tr recent trends and recent performance, you're going to get a popsicle headache. It's going to be difficult to cap. So make it easy on yourself. Take away your bias. Cover up the names of the teams. You know, what I like to look at is, again, public play here, Alabama, yet line going to Tennessee. If Alabama wins outright, you'd be like, hey, it was an obvious play. And again, sometimes the public does win these popular games. But long story short, if the books are taking a position on Tennessee here, why are they giving these Alabama? Why is the number one team in the country getting plus three, guys? You can probably boil it right down to that. It's fishy. I'm going to go on the fishy side as always. Give me the balls here. Plus, this year has just been so bizarre. It's like if there's a number one next year name, you're on upset watch. It's just how it <laughs> right, is. I right. feel like every week that somebody's newly anointed number one. Speaking of which, Purdue goes down the other day to Northwestern as the top ranked team in the country. No longer. Now Northwestern's taking on number 14, Indiana, today. Getting one, total 134 and a half. What was the line doing here? So this one's interesting, Stormy. Like, uh, I'll make it very simple. I'm going to go Northwestern plus one and a half here tonight. Now, what you've seen and what's really important uh, to your point, Stormy, is that typically if you take down the number one team in the country, next game, you're going to be an automatic public play. You're going to say, hey, Northwestern just beat Purdue. Now you're getting one and a half at home against Indiana. Boom, just take North uh, Northwestern here. But that's not what's happening in the market. I think it's important, too. Like, you know, these are things that we generally think about, but, you know, really trust but verify based on betting percentages. Because if you look at our VEASAN.com bet splits here, guys, the who are actually the really public play. Uh, Indiana is getting 79% of bets across the market. This game opened around a pick 'em. You even saw some, uh, some shops, Northwestern minus one. And it's such a public play. It's so heavy here uh, on Indiana that we've seen this line actually move all the way to uh, Indiana minus one and a half. So at this point, you're like, I, and I'm a guy who does like line movement. To me, that's kind of a, you know, sift through the noise, find the signal. Obviously, it's going to be respected money moving numbers. But when you become so lopsided, at some point, it becomes a buy low opportunity to take the contrarian side. So I think the angle here is with Northwestern. Uh, even in the, the other angle guys is unranked versus ranked. This is to your, to your point, how it's been so volatile in college basketball. If you just take the obvious play, the ranked team over the unranked team, you're really not making any money. If you go the other way, actually unranked teams versus ranked opponents, they're 213 and 161 ATS this year, 57%. 
Also, if you look at the short home conference dogs getting plus two or less, they're 64 and 45 ATS 59%. So if you look at a game from yesterday, it was Providence Creighton. Now that was an epic sweat. I was on Providence. I'm drenched with sweat. <laughs> had to go to double overtime there. But whole point being, you're a short home conference dog in a buy low spot. And here's the other thing, guys. I always joke around on the Market Insights pod. Woo woo! Sound the alarm. A Ken Palm sound the alarm because Ken Palm has Northwestern winning this game by one point. So if you're only getting 21% of bets as your top bet against the public contrarian play of the night, Ken Palm's got them winning the game. And again, you beat Purdue, you'd think they're popular, but they're not. I like Northwestern plus one and a half tonight. Awesome stuff. Uh, your uh, Woo Pig Suey are in action today. They're getting three points. <laughs> the Eric Musselmans, uh, Arkansas Razorbacks at Texas A&M. Uh, is this another spot, Josh, where you like the dog? So I'm actually going the other way with this ah, one, Stormy. I, I do you're, like you're Texas making Sean sad. You're making Sean sad. I know, I know. This is a tough one for me here. But again, I, I can't lie and can't uh, you know hide behind these stats here with these home favorites doing so well in conference play. So just based on the line movement, you did open Texas A&M tonight. Again, two really good teams, but both of them are unranked. You open as low as like minus two, minus two and a half for a for AM. AM is now up to minus three. Uh something to monitor throughout the day is do we get to three and a half? That'll be further validation with the Aggies here. But aside from the line movement, here's another angle here. If you're a short home conference favorite of minus five or less, and you see the line move in your favor, these teams are 137 and 98 against the spread, 58%. These SEC home teams straight up are 43 and 13 straight up, 77% in conference play. Ken Palm has them winning by two. And then also, guys. Home road in conference play. Uh, if you look at AM, they're 10 and 2 in conference, and uh, they are also 12, uh, 12 and 1 at home. So, in these big rivalry matchups, they've played well, they've done well at home. Uh, look at Arkansas, they're only 2 and 5 on the road and 6 and 6 in conference play. Also, a revenge game here for AM. They lost to uh, Arkansas on January 31st, 81 to 70. Didn't even come close to covering the three and a half there. So, I bet I surprised you there. I'm going money line here, guys. I don't like to lay Ooh. a three. You win by one or two, you push on a three. There's another money line play minus 150 for me. Good stuff, Josh. As always, we've only got about 45 seconds left here, but I know you have a play in the NHL Uh-oh. as well for the short slate. What you got for Puckstradamus over here? I got Pucks for Jamis and Stormy. You're a very <laughs> humble person here. You were the you were the Golden Knights reporter here. So I know you're both uh, hockey fans over here, but uh, I'm going with the New York Rangers tonight, guys. One angle that I really love is a rest first tired matchup. Rangers bring in Vladimir Tarasenko. The Canucks just uh, got rid of their coach and Bo Horvat. Rangers open like minus 185. They're up to minus 195. But really, it's the rest first tired angle. They've been off since the 11th. Uh, you have the Vancouver Canucks last played the 13th, and they're playing their third game in five days here. So if you look at these road favorites in the NHL, especially off a win, they're cashing around 67% of the time. Rangers are playing great. I'm going to lay this uh, with the Rangers here. A bet Tris, not bet to win. I like minus 195 with New York tonight. Go cash some tickets, Josh. Appreciate you. And very <laughs> jealous again of your Uber score, buddy. <laughs> I know. I'm going to figure out who gave me a one, Stormy. Let's figure this thing out. Another bone to pick I have, by the way, with Uber is that if you reserve an Uber for a certain time, like you you have to be there like within five minutes or something like that. And if you're late, they ding you. Mm. But if they're late, there is no repercussion. There is no punishment. I was waiting for 25 extra minutes one day. Unacceptable. We're getting back to a couple of new head coaches in the NFL when we come back here on Follow the Money. Don't go anywhere. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. 
Stormy Bonantoni and Sean King on the desk at Circa Sportsbook. Remember, everybody, before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com. You got to check out the current betting splits data. If you want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. You can see all the changes in the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way VEASAN's here to make you a more informed better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Now, we were talking all things Indianapolis Colts uh, a moment ago with head coach Shane Steichen introduced yesterday. No better person to do. We, we wanted him on to talk golf, but his name is Indy Jeff Seeley for a reason as we bring in golf handicapper Jeff Seeley of the Cupmaker podcast. You can download wherever you get your podcast. I'm sorry that we are starting with football on a week that Tiger Woods is back in a PGA field, but this is what we are doing. What were your impressions of, of the hire and the introductory presser? Honestly, I was a little surprised by the hire, uh, to tell you the truth. I mean, I think he was probably one of the hot coordinator candidates, uh, but I would have rather had the enemy. I think the enemy is kind of his has proven himself a little longer, done a little more. And, and frankly, I think he's a super creative play caller. So um, I'm hoping that the Colts get a dynamic quarterback that can even, you know, be in the shadow of Patrick Mahomes. But uh, the jury will be out. So, um, you know, he, no, it was not an elite press conference. I agree with Sean there. But uh, ho- hopefully I'm hoping for the best. And I'll be cautiously optimistic. But I personally would have rather had the enemy. Hey, I agree. I mean, I'm. This is... He said he's Jeff's a smart, he... a smart man. I mean, <laughs> Shane looks like he needs to accompany Aaron Rodgers to that dark room for a couple of days. You know, oh and, my goodness, and come back refocused. <laughs> no, I do hope it's it's unfortunate that it's almost like the enemy needs to be a coordinator somewhere else for him to get like his what he deserves. I feel like in terms of a shot because he has Patrick Mahomes and. People are just assuming, I think, that because he has Patrick Mahomes that he's not doing and anything, I don't and wanna, I don't think that's and, fair. And I don't even want to make, like, my opinion of Shane, like, attached to Eric Bieniemy. I'm just saying, like, in a vacuum, when I watched that press conference, I didn't see, like, great head coach. Hope I'm okay. wrong. All right, well, Jeff, let's talk golf here because yes last week was so much fun at the waste management one of my favorite tournaments every year in conjunction with the super bowl both in arizona which was really fun and exciting and now we turn the page to the genesis and pacific palisades as we wrap up the west coast swing here and we have tiger woods back in the field making all of the headlines despite having 23 of the top 25 golfers in the world in this field we're all talking about tiger so let's start there and what your expectations are for him the last event um that he's been involved in he's got to take a cart he hasn't had to walk around he's still dealing with the plantar fasciitis what can you tell us frankly yeah i mean i think the betting market speak for itself right when you look at the odds on tiger to make the cut He's two to one to, to even make the cut most places. So, um, again, a super talented field this week. Um, I'd be surprised if Tiger made the cut. I, and I, mean, I think a lot of people will be, will be cheering for him. There's no surprise there. But, I mean, the, the talent is so high on the PGA Tour now, um, higher than it's ever been. The quality of the play is, is the best it's ever been. Not that Tiger can't compete, but I think it's going to take some time for, for him to do so and coming back up this injury. And I think they asked him if he even walked 18 holes yet, and he hadn't. So yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see. But I frankly, I'd be surprised if he made the cut. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be surprised. But a win, I think, is, is a huge reach, which is 
why he's 200 to one. Yeah. And you see odds that out there just to make the cut anywhere from plus 150 to two to one minus 210 to miss between 120 to one to 200 to one out there to win it all. His first round over under set at 73 and a half. He's also plus 750 to withdraw minus 1200 to not. Of course, in his press conference, though, he he said all the right things, right? That he wouldn't be coming out here if he didn't have the mindset and belief that he could go out there and win. Um, this is an event, though, that he's never won, oddly enough, despite this being a course that has relatively matched his skill set. Uh, certainly an uphill battle, though. Then you look at the top of the board and the contenders, right? And you have the John Rahm at 7-1, Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, fresh off his waste management win, Xander Shoffley, a number uh, of these names. Yet, um, this is one of those events that maybe, like, because those guys haven't won or finished runner-up, in this tournament could mean you want to look farther down the board. What names are you looking at? Yeah, that's, a, that's right, Stormy. I mean, I'm fading the top guys on the board. Um, one of the, my favorite things about golf is, and I say it every week, that you can, I think it's the best thing to live better play between rounds, right? You have a tremendous opportunity in between rounds to make plays that as you're live betting a game, maybe have a commercial break, but you don't have nearly as long as you do in golf to, to think about it and make the analysis and, so, yeah, I'm fading Rom, Scheffler, Rory, JT early. Um, may, I may make some plays during the tournament. But, really, I started my my bets this week with Max Homa. Um, he's got elite form, elite history. You know, people say all the time, oh, well, gosh, you can't win back-to-back years or you can't win back-to-back weeks. We just saw Scotty Scheffler win back-to-back at Waste Management, right? So, you can certainly do that. Uh, elite form, easy case to make a bet for him. And so, I'm taking almost my lowest guy on the board. And then another guy in this 20 to one range or so I'm looking at is Colin Morikawa. Profiles extremely well. Took second here last year. Burned a lot of folks last week. He was a very popular play in DraftKings DFS as well. But he was really white hot going in. Um, I think it's time to hop back on the Morikawa wagon. So in the 20 to one range, the lowest guys on the board I'll be looking at are Homa and Morikawa. Uh, can you do me a favor? If you bump into Colin, uh... Can you uh, just inform him that there are a lot of people that need some reparations for uh, Sunday at Kapalua? So uh, <laughs> he owes us a couple wins at 20 to 1 or higher odds. You know, just it, that's the right thing to do, right? Well, he let a lot of people down that Sunday. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he certainly did, Sean. And, and honestly, this could be the week. I mean, really, he profiles really, really well. Um, again, good course experience. I know a lot of people like Morikawa, but there's good reason. And Ball strikers course, I I see a lot of a lot to like about him here, but and it wouldn't be honestly I wouldn't be surprised at all on Sunday if I see Homa and Morikawa in the final group. You say ball strikers course. Can you dive a little bit deeper into the the skill sets and the types of players that have success here and that can work at this course at Riviera? Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is a really traditional golf course, right? So when you think of comparable courses, the first one that comes to mind for me is Augusta. It's a really classic, fairly long, tight course. Um, huge greens that are hard to hold because they're going to be so fast. So really, again, you're, I know this sounds, it kind of sounds cliche, but you're looking for, you know, good people who are good straight off the tee, accurate drivers, and then just good irons and wedges. And then you've got to be able to putt on fast greens. So I know that sounds like very, very basic, like, yeah, that's golf. But some courses you don't have to bomb it. Other courses you, it's critical to bomb it. This is one that I think it's, it's kind of a, a second shot court course, a lot like Augusta. Um, and so I think I'm looking at guys who play well at Augusta. And if you look at the way they profile, Bubba Watson has had a ton of success here and had a ton of success at Augusta. He's probably the best example of that. You know, interesting coming off of uh, waste management, 
it's kind of a, a, a tournament where people or players kind of have to invest in that crowd and that atmosphere. A lot of guys don't go that they don't want to be around, you know, you know, that kind of atmosphere. And then you get this coming right behind it. Does a golfer that didn't play in the waste management have an advantage going into the Genesis over one that, you know, just had four days in Phoenix, crazy atmosphere? That's a good question, Sean. And I think that it really depends on the guy, right? I mean, in both cases, you got 20 million reasons to show up. True. So, I mean, if you didn't play in waste management last week, it probably wasn't because of the crowd. It was because, like, like, Will Zalatoris is a good example. I think he's something's a little off with him because I think last week the prize pool was so rich that if you could play, you were probably out there playing or something was wrong with your game. So um, I, I think a lot, most of the guys who were, I'm looking at this week did play last week. There's a, a an exception here and there, but I that's my question, honestly, Sean. I would almost I would almost say it's a disadvantage, and I always almost have more questions about someone who didn't play last week because um, I would wonder why, based on the prize pool. In terms of value, as you look down the board, is there a player that maybe in that anywhere from like thirty to fifty to one range really stands out above the rest to you? Yeah, guys, I, I like Jason Day a lot. I mean, I think he's the best value in the field. I bet him last night at 50-1. to 1. You can find him now at 40. But he's been really solid off the tee lately. And my only real concern is wedges have been a, a little bit inconsistent. But they were really good last week. We're seeing the old Jason Day putter, though, right? We know that Jason Day is one of the best putters in the field, um, in the world when he gets hot. Certainly has been gaining almost five strokes in the field per tournament. And Poa Greens this week are Jason Day's best surface. So sign me up for all the Jason Day. I think he's a tremendous value this week. So his dad is right here based locally at uh, Shadow Creek. Uh, this young player has been teetering around a top 10 in a couple of tournaments. Does Taylor Montgomery at some point this year break through and win a PGA event? Absolutely. There's nothing. There's no question. Taylor Montgomery has phenomenal talent. Um, I'll actually be out at Shadow Creek here in, in, I don't know, a month or two. So I'm excited to go back out there. But, yeah, no, I mean, Taylor Montgomery's phenomenal. Um, obviously, great putter. Everyone knows that. Um, but he's also a tremendous driver. There, there's so much to like about him. Uh, it's just a matter of time. And and he keeps showing up to these events. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he would be surprised if he won this week. I wouldn't be shocked. But I think the time is for sure coming for Taylor Montgomery. There's okay. too much talent for there not to be. Okay, Jeff, only 30 seconds left, but can you throw some bombs our way, some long shots for the people at home? Sure, guys. Two bombs I like. Alex Norin I like a lot this week. Um, great price for a guy who's in tremendous form. Two top 16 finishes here. Um, grades up really, really well and has four top fives in his last five events. And then Patrick Rogers, 12th and 15th in his last four trips here. Uh, two, top team, two top 15 finishes, last four events. Both guys over 100 to 1. Norin and Rogers, take a look at them. You're awesome. Thank you so much for the time. Appreciate you. Good luck with your bets. Thanks, guys. Take care. It's Jeff Seeley. Great breakdown of the Genesis Invitational at Riviera. Make sure you check him out at Cutmaker Jeff and the Cutmaker Podcast, downloadable wherever you get your podcast. Also go to cutmakerpod.com. Uh, you can join the Telegram channel as well. They post all of their plays over there. Again, Cutmaker Jeff, Jeff Seeley. Awesome stuff from him. When we come back here on Follow the Money, real or fugazi? Sean King, have a little fun here on the program. Uh Uh-oh. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. 
Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And new customers commit $5 and win $150 in bonus bets if your team wins on a pregame money line bet. Download the app and use the pro. Promo code VSIN, that's V-S-I-N, when you sign up. Available to play in select states, must be 21. Eligible restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. But see DraftKings.com for full details. Stormy Tony and Sean King live from Circa Resort and Casino. In for the guys, Mitch and Polly, getting some well-deserved vacation time after the Super Bowl. And hopefully our next guest gets a little time off as well after all the hard work that he did this football season. Sal Palantonio, ESPN NFL reporter, covers the Eagles intimately out there in Philly. Welcome in, Sal, and this is our first time getting to talk to you from Super Bowl Sunday. We heard so much about this vaunted Eagles defense, and then they give up 38 points in the biggest game of the year. What happened? Well, it was the best Eagles team of all time, suffered the worst Eagles defeat of all time. 
That's the sentence, period, paragraph. And it has to do with uh, a lot of different things, but let's start with number one. I thought Andrew Wiley did a very good job of eliminating Hassan Reddick. And then I thought that the Eagles defensive staff did not do a good job of adjusting to give Hassan Reddick uh, better lanes to the quarterback, uh, get more creative in their fronts, in their stunts, in their blitzes. Uh, whatever it, it took, they should have done a better job of getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes, not sacked. Did not force a turnover. Couldn't get Mahomes off in the sec off the field in the second half. Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense had 15 first downs in the second half. That's just a total defensive collapse. Uh, going into that game, teams with a double-digit lead at halftime in the Super Bowl were 26 and one. Only the Falcons losing to the Patriots after being up 28 to three were the only team to give up a double digit lead at halftime. That record is now 26 and two. So the Eagles have joined the Falcons in a very infamous neighborhood. Uh, here's what's interesting, Sal. And I don't feel like this is an overreaction. Did the Eagles miss their shot? And, and here's what I mean by that. When you draft the right quarterback and he's on that rookie deal, it allows you to go out midseason and have the cap space to add an Indomitian Sue and Linval Joseph and in free agency bring in a Hassan Reddick and a Bradbury. But now that they have to pay Jalen Hurts and they've lost both coordinators and they've got a laundry list of guys who are free agents who are going to seek you know bigger contracts, did they miss their window? Is this run just starting and just ending in the same season? Sean, you know, I respect you quite a bit, and uh, I like talking to you because you get the big picture and you understand the money. And, of course, this show is called Follow the Money. <laughs> so I like being on this show because I think whenever you're looking at NFL teams, you got to look at who's getting paid and who's not getting paid and why. I think that's a very important dynamic. And you're absolutely correct. The answer to your question is yes because they have to now pay Jalen Hurts. He was on a rookie deal. That allowed them to have flexibility and go out and pay for guys that they needed. You just named all of them. <clears throat> it allowed them to have the money to pay these dudes. And now they've got to pay Jalen Hurts a lot of money. I mean, they could wait a year, but it's not the right thing to do. Uh, the right thing to do is to pay the young man. He's the CEO of the team. He's the one that sets the tone. And he had a magnificent Super Bowl. Yes, he had a strip sack, scoop score, uh, and that was bad. And because they had the ball with the lead, 14 to seven, if they had scored one more time, I don't think the, I don't think the Chiefs would have come back. But they did, and that contributed it. But when Mahomes had the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter, he drove the team down the field to tie the score and the defense couldn't make a stop. So they got to pay Mahomes. There's no question. They should make him a very, very rich young man. When it comes to Jalen Hurts and, and his performance in the Super Bowl, 
you have to think if there was ever uh, an instance where the player on the losing team could win MVP, like that was a moment where it was possible only one time in NFL Super Bowl history as it happened. But it goes to show that don't bet on an MVP if you don't think that he's going to win the win the game. But Jalen Hurts was dynamic. He was incredible in the game. He ended up finishing second in the MVP vote voting for the season. And now he has earned this payday, as you guys talk about. What do you think the the rate is going to be for a guy like Jalen Hurts coming out of this? open up the checkbook and pay him. I think he's got to get five years, 250. And I think they should guarantee the whole thing. I agree. I think it was sent a message. Uh, and, and listen, I think Howard Roseman's done a tremendous job building that roster. But, you know, as we said, you know, it's easier to do that when the quarterback doesn't take up uh, a significant piece of the cap. Uh, some of the losses, and, and I don't know if you've seen Steichen's uh, press conference. I was not uh, enamored with it, uh, but I don't know him personally. In, in your opinion, what kind of success or who has more success, Gannon or Steichen, as both coordinators are now head coaches for the Colts and Cardinals, respectively? Well, let's look at both of them uh, individually. So the Colts obviously wanted somebody in there to fix their offense and their, their whole quarterback situation is FUBAR. So they had to fix it. So, um, you know, Steichen and Hertz, when Steichen has called the play, Sean, and Hertz is the starting quarterback, they only lost two games in the last two years, two, mm. before the Super Bowl. So, so they were really simpatico in a lot of ways. But I have a lot of respect for Brian Johnson, the quarterback's coach. He's an up-and-cover. I hope they make him offensive coordinator. Now, he hasn't called plays at the NFL level, uh, and that is a very difficult task, especially when you're developing your first offense. But I think he's up to the task. Uh, The question is whether Sirianni will go back to play calling or they will do it together or they will rely more on the analytics, but it's going to be definitely one of those things where they're going to have to figure out who's got what role and Hertz and Johnson are close. And I think that they won't miss much of a beat after a while, but I think they'll definitely take some adjusting as for Gannon. If you look at Sean, you know, the game really well, look at the defensive roster. They don't have a roster that plays cover. They have a roster that plays his own right. uh, for the most part. So now you can, you really can't change your defensive philosophy with Gannon gone that much unless you're going to ask players to do something. The reason why Bradbury is not in New York is because Wink Martindale wanted, wanted a lockdown corner, wanted somebody who could um, be less of a zone player, and Bradbury's more of a zone player. When he was caught in one-on-one man coverage, what happened in the fourth quarter? He was, he was called for holding. So um, that's not his forte, but it's, you know, the question is who are they going to bring in and, and how is that defensive coordinator going to adapt to the personnel that they have, or are they going to change the personnel? My guess is they're going to have to have somebody who adapts their philosophy to the personnel that are already there. As for Gannon in Arizona, I don't know. I guess what they're thinking is, they got to find a way to stop the 49ers. Hmm. Uh, and maybe, maybe Gannon can do that. But he did it in the NFC Championship game. I mean, obviously, it was Brock Purdy was out. But um, uh, I, I think that's their thought. Maybe. I don't understand it. I mean, 
frankly, Sean, I just don't understand how uh, so quickly they were hired after losing the Super Bowl. It kind of shocks me when other coordinators are out there, you know, and other guys do Staley's out there. Eric, the enemy is out there. There's a lot of guys that have been waiting and didn't get jobs. And I'm surprised by it, frankly. And I would love to follow up on that because you do have Gannon and Steichen coming out of the Super Bowl on the losing end. And on the other side of the field, you have Eric Bieniemy, who has won five, who has been in five AFC championships, who has won a pair of Super Bowls with Kansas City and still has not had the opportunity to get a head coaching job. Can you put your finger on why? I, I can't. It's really perplexing. I know Eric very well. And I'm shocked that he didn't get it. And it I, I am. I just don't know. And I've seen him present, so I know that he's excellent as a presenter. Sal Palantonio, senior and, NFL And, and, and also, Sean, Deuce, let's not forget about Deuce now. Oh, he's yeah, Bailey's absolutely. He's a heck of a coach. Yeah. Well, he just said it was Casey in Carolina with Frank Wright. Did I see that? Mm-hmm. I, I believe so. Okay. Yep. Quick, we only got about a minute and a half left. I'm going to give you a name of a quarterback. You tell me where they are week one next year. Geno Smith. <laughs> Seattle. Aaron Rodgers. Listen, here's the thing about Aaron Rodgers. I know we have only a minute left, but if I'm Aaron Rodgers, look at the NFC right now. Absolutely. Look at the (laughs) NFC, Sean. Sean, look at the NFC. Now then look at the AFC. Why would you want to jump ship the conference? The NFC is wide open, Sean. Wide open. It is. So you saying he stays in Green Bay? Maybe the dark room enlightens him. Uh, we'll see. He'll be back, I think, uh, by the weekend. <laughs> Derek Carr, Sal. Hey, the, hey the, the grass is always greener, right? But, right. I mean, stay where you're at, man. I mean, come on, Green Bay's a great town to play football in. You know that. Derek Carr, if I'm the Jets, I mean, I just park the jet. I park Woody Johnson's jet, say, hey, get on. Here's a checkbook. You know, sign here. Robert Sala's got a top five defense. I believe the Jets are one quarterback away from winning the division. Right. One quarterback away from ten, winning the division. Ten, ten seconds, Sal. Last one. Jimmy Garoppolo. Don't know. Mm. Nobody knows. Thank Nobody you, Sal. Wants Jimmy. Thanks, Sal. Great stuff. Okay. That's Sal Palantonio, ESPN NFL reporter. Great insight. Maybe Jimmy will just Eagles. be a model and go work for GQ or something. <laughs> Think he ends up here? I don't know. Possibly. Very possible. Reunited with Josh McDaniels. Reunited and it feels so good. (laughs) This is Follow the Money on VSEN. You're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college hoops? Don't worry, the VEASAN experts have you covered. You can become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with our introductory offer of just $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to the daily recap of top plays made from show hosts and guests, tools like betting splits, deep dive betting reports, plus VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the year. We have bracket breakdowns, top picks, and daily props. Don't miss out. This is a limited time offer. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Again, just $9.99. That's V-S-I-N. .com slash subscribe. Stormy Tony and Sean King filling in for the guys on Follow the Money live from Circus Sportsbook. Time to get into some hoops talk as we welcome in your own Weitzman, Fox Sports NBA writer, get into the association. First off, just how impressed were you last night with the Celtics' performance against the Milwaukee Bucks? Didn't have any of their starters and forced overtime in this one. Looked like they should have won it. 
Um, yeah, should I do a scale one to ten? Oh, very impressed. How's that? Very impressed. Um, the Celtics are really good. How's that for a uh, yeah? I like it. That you me on for now. <laughs> um, no, they're they're excellent. They're really good. Um, one of the things that will be interesting, I guess, and you know the uh, I guess hidden benefits um, when you have some of your big guys go down is that you can kind of thrust the other guys into roles and maybe see what you have for the playoffs. Derek White is somebody. So did I, I felt, did I see the report? Did he stay back? Cause he can't hear out of his ear. Did I see that or something? Something weird with that. Um, but he's been great. He's been really good. Um, and I think we're going to see them trust him a little bit in the playoffs. Um, Sam Hauser's good. Muscala, the new addition has been, you know, a big difference. It can make a difference as a backup off the bench. Um, I think Boston, you know, clearly is a good team to beat, you know, in the Eastern Conference to me. You know, so much has been made about Durant to Phoenix and Kyrie to Dallas, and justifiably so, but you wrote a book, Tanking to the Top, the Philadelphia 76ers and the most audacious process in the history of professional sports. So now they tank, they have MB, they have Harden, they have Maxi. Is this ever going to manifest itself in at least <laughs> an Eastern Conference championship? Like the tanking kind of worked, but it kind of hasn't. Why is nobody talking about Philly? Yeah, so Phil. I mean, <laughs> I'm with you, right? So, and I, I do think with the uh, the way the the Durant trade and the Kyrie trade and the Nets kind of tearing it down, I think there's, and I like Cleveland a lot, but I think there's a clear line of demarcation with the top three in the East. Um, and this is a big year for Philly, and that's one where you're right, right? Like at a certain point, you have to win, and this is this is everything they've wanted, right? They have a bead who's playing great. They got him the second star, which I know Harden we can, you know, pick on him on a few things, and maybe he's not the same guy he used to be, but he's had an excellent year. I think he's leading the league in assists. He's been really good. Bead, bead Harden pick and roll is really good. Um, this is the year, like you said, Masty, uh, DeAnthony Melton's been an excellent addition. This is the year for them to get out of the second round. It's something they haven't done since Allen Iverson took them to the finals in uh, 2001. Um, and, yeah, why no one's talking about them? I think uh, people don't believe it until they see it, and we've all seen Philly have their uh, playoff struggles. I, To me, Boston and Milwaukee are better than them and, you know, the favorites to come out. But I would not be shocked if Philly uh, won, came out and represented the East in the finals. I think they're that good. Sean mentioned uh, a number of the, obviously, like the big trades that came about around deadline time. Is there a team that had maybe the most underrated trade, in your opinion? Uh, underrated trade? Um, how about Kevin Durant to Phoenix? No. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, there's a few, I mean, I actually like Mike Minnesota. I like what they did with Mike getting, uh, basically swapping out D'Angelo Russell for Mike Conley. Um I don't think Russell was exactly beloved there by the coaching staff. And, you know, Russell might be a better offensive player than Conley. Um, but that's not what they need. With Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, like, they don't need a dynamic player. They need somebody who can kind of know his role, be the adult in the room and on the court, get guys organized and knock down shots, try on defense, which is not exactly D'Angelo Russell's uh, strong suit. So I think I, – I like what Minnesota did, and I think that could help stabilize them a little bit. Um, I mean, the Clippers – I don't <laughs> not underrated I, I don't i don't know i'm curious to see what this looks like they needed a point guard and they got bones highland as a backup um I, i'm and they thought they got eric gordon to luke Kennard. i'm really curious about that i guess the other one i'll say we mentioned luke Kennard, memphis a team that's really good and the struggles in the half court sometimes and maybe a guy like luke Kennard who's a knockdown three-point shooter but also has enough uh, off the bounce game where you can run secondary stuff through him you can't just 
you can't just run him off the three-point line. He's a tough half-court guard. Um, somebody like that is, you know, maybe somebody who can help you win one or two playoff games. And when you're that good, that's the margin of error that we're talking about. Yeah, I am curious about um, the, the Clippers who you mentioned a moment ago as well. I, uh, I'm i a San Diego State Aztec, so wherever Kawhi Leonard goes, I follow. And it has been tough these last couple of seasons, obviously, because he hasn't been out there on the court. So now it's just a matter of will he be available consistently down the stretch to make the Clippers competitive in the postseason. I want to go back to the Nets, though, because they move mm-hmm. on from Kyrie and KD in full rebuild mode, gathering up all the picks that they possibly can. They still have Ben Simmons out there on the roster. Uh, in terms of like his trade value this summer, like what even is that at this point? Uh, it's a uh, trade value. It's uh, it, there's no value. It's a uh, it's negative, right? Like you have to, like there's no value there. You have to uh, bag slash attach stuff to get rid of him. Um, you know, I'm laughing. We can make fun of it. It's, it's actually, it's really sad, right? Like, you know, you mentioned I, I've covered the Sixers for a while and I wrote about them and just it's sort of a I don't even I don't know if we've ever seen something like this where a guy without a major injury who was an all NBA player just seems like he forgot how to play basketball it's really crazy right like we've seen stuff different like Markel Fultz is almost a cop but that happened right away he wasn't even he never even became an all NBA player and the idea that now Markel Fultz if you had told us four years ago that, you know, 2023 Markel Fultz would be a more productive NBA player than um, Ben Simmons. I think people would have said that's crazy. Um, to asking his value, I mean, there, there's no value. The question, he's going to have to decide whether he wants to address whatever's going on with him. Um, if he wants to be a basketball player, like there, there are big picture questions there that need to be addressed. Give me a team, East or Western, that I mean, people aren't talking about right now. They're kind of meandering along. Like, for me, that team is Golden State. I feel like this is where they were this time last year. People forgot about them. Clay Thompson does look like he's finally all the way back from a health standpoint and confidence standpoint. Is Golden State the only team that seems to be kind of around at 500, maybe a game or two below that you think can really make some noise in the playoffs? I mean, yeah, because the, the Golden State thing, I think I saw Draymond had a quote last night being like, okay, it's like we're, we have 20-whatever games left. Um, we have a mediocre record, mediocre stats, like it's time. And I agree because it's really confusing because some of their numbers, like if you look at their numbers of their uh, starting lineup and their core guys, those numbers, those plus-minus numbers are really good. And yet, again, you look, they're just basically an average offense, average defense, and 500. And yet, you know, I, well, obviously with Steph, they need, let's assume Steph comes back if he doesn't come back or – come back to full health and no shot. Right. But like when Steph is on the court with them, um, that's a team that I, I'm with you. Like I still find them scary. And if I was another Western conference team, I wouldn't want to play them. And like, I don't know if I'd want to bet, you know, if they're play, let's say Denver, Denver one, eight, who am I picking in a series? I guess Denver, but like, I'd be scared to pick against or bet against uh, golden state in a playoff series. And yet two years ago, we saw them losing the play in. Right. So it's just, I, I don't know what to make of them. It's a little weird, and I don't can't tell if it's one of these teams where like they're gonna flip the switch, the proverbial switch, as you say, you know, and in the playoffs kind of turn it on, or they're gonna get lose the play in, and we're gonna still be being like, oh, I can't wait for Golden State to turn things around, right? Where at a certain point you are when you are. Um, so that's one. Yeah, I mean, you don't. So to answer your question, like I don't think you have another team that's a 500 team that. Uh, it's scary. I mean, the other one is Miami's a weird one. They're above 500. They're sixth in the East. Um, they have a top five defense. Their offense has been horrendous this year. But that's another team that um, I think if you're facing the playoffs, like we we have enough of a sample here where we've seen them and specifically Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. Like they just turn into a different team. 
Uh, so that'd be another one that would probably scare me in terms of if I, if I was playing one of these mobile seeds. Jerome, we've only got about a minute left here, but 10 games on the slate coming up tonight in the association. Any that you'll be per- paying particularly close attention to? Uh, let's try to open up. I mean, Dallas and Denver is interesting, right? Just to see what the Kyrie Luka uh, partnership, how that continues to sort of build. Um, you know, Cleveland Philly is a good one. That's a good game in terms of standings. And we, I mentioned the top three there. And if you're Philly, you kind of want to stay out of the, um, the four. You, it's, it's for all these teams. It's going to be important now. That you've got the line of three, basically, like you don't want to fall into the fourth seed and have to play Boston and or Milwaukee in the second round, right? So it kind of makes it important to get out of that fourth spot and go to number three. So those would be the two for me, I guess. Yeah, I need to see how how Kyrie and Luca are going to figure out who gets the ball in the last second because this hot potato thing we saw on Monday night isn't going to work. <laughs> I would agree. Though, I, I, have a like, there was something, I guess, if you want to go glass half full, like, okay, I guess they're, they're really trying to work with each other. I guess yeah. you take that as opposed to hogging, so. Yeah, absolutely. Your own awesome stuff. Appreciate the time, my friend. Great stuff. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's your own Weitzman, Fox Sports NBA writer. And as uh, Sean, my friend, mentioned, tanking to the top, the Philadelphia 76ers, the most audacious process in the history of professional sports book available out there. Great stuff from him. I'm very... I am very curious about what's going to happen after the All-Star break in the NBA if there is a team that's going to take off. I'm all on Golden State. I'm riding with the Warriors. I know you are. Let's go, man. We'll see. Still to come here this last half hour of Follow the Money, Matt Lombardo, Heavy.com senior NFL writer, going to get into some more of these NFL storylines in the offseason. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.